Yo, what's going on? It's B-Boy Ranch. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. What up, dog? And this Funky Fresh in the Flesh podcast. Podcast, yeah. What's going on? We live with the Black Black Watch today, y'all. <laughs> yeah, we got Paradise Gray in the house. How you what doing, up, sir? How's it going? Hey, everything's good. I'm glad to be alive and glad to be here right now. That's glad great. to be with you, man, for real. That's great. Hey, we wanted to catch up with you to get some, um, you know, everybody's saying hip-hop just turned 50 this year, but we wanted to get a little bit deeper in the history, right? Because for some people, hip-hop started, you know, with Run DMC and Sugar Hill Gang, but we wanted to have you clarify and go deeper into it for us and for our audience. And we got we got Mud in the house from Fire Ella, too. You know what I'm saying? He going he gonna to give did. us his perspective from the Detroit State of Mind as well. <laughs> Exactly. Word up. Sounds good to me. Yes. All right. Hey, can you take us back? Like, um, who were some of the first MCs and DJs that that you can recall from the early days? Well, we start with the foundation of hip hop, the DJs. Some of the first DJs that I of uh, is Grandmaster Flowers from Brooklyn, the first Grandmaster of hip hop. Disco K Mario from the Bronx and Pete DJ Jones from Highbridge. Mm. Those guys were like the founding father DJs to me. You know, there's a lot of other founding fathers from Queens and Brooklyn also, like Plummer, Maboya, uh, DJ Smoke, um, DJ John Brown, and a whole lot of other DJs who y'all never heard of because when the media went running up to the Bronx to try to figure out what hip-hop was early. They just uh, interviewed the, the most popular people and the people who were accessible, but they didn't get the whole story. So we have a whole lot of gaps missing in the official story of hip-hop. Wow. Talk about uh, when was when was Black Watch created as well? Uh, your times with X-Clan, man. And you know how powerful uh, Brother J Voice is. He he kind of helped raise all of us, you know what I'm saying, at at a time when he was, you know, when y'all guys debuted. You know, talk talk about well, that. You know? Well, my career with the Black Watch and X-Clan lasted from 1988 when we created the Black Watch to 1992 when I left New York and I, I walked away from the industry and moved to Pittsburgh. Hmm. So that seemed like a whole lot of time but it was only 88 to 92, you know? Wow, okay, dope. So um, so you, in the museum in the Bronx, there's, um, you got a letter from Scott LaRock in the museum. Can you kind of explain what the letter is and what's in the letter, if you can? Right, at the time I was writing for Write On Magazine and Scott LaRock was one of my best friends. So uh, Scott wrote me a letter explaining what BDP and the movement of Boogie Down Productions was. He broke down the whole entire history of the group, including the fact that they started out with a group called 1241 with him and KRS-One. So in the museum, KRS-One reads the letter uh, on an iPad. It's pretty dope. Wow. Wow. That's dope. That's dope. Hey, you got a... Um... I was hearing about your photo collection. Can you tell us a little bit about your photo collection and 
and some of the people that are in the photos and things of that nature? Well, I, I started taking photos because my mom and my brother. We got a little delay. Yeah. See, see in the car, I think it's a signal going in and out. Up in the Bronx for the people of fresh. Yeah. He froze up. Yeah, it looked like New York buildings and towers. There you go. Yeah, but think his audio went out. Hold on one second. Thursday night live, y'all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, sir, your your mic I'm, all right. I think think that's it. Yeah, I can't can't hear it. We can't hear you. He got his hand over the, what's going on? Yeah, he might have to log out and log back in. Ma, go ahead and bust something for the for the camera right quick. <laughs> you silly dog. <laughs> Shout out what to five. Like, huh? like ain't ready. These niggas really ready <laughs> listen to this global warming right now, bro. Like all right. Hold on, he back. Yeah, all right. He's on mute. All right, there you go. We got you back. Okay, so, I started to just to rewind it a little bit. I started taking pictures because my homies in the hood, they wouldn't believe that I was in the studio with James Brown and Full Force and Run DMC, LL Cool J, Curtis Blow. So, you know, I just started taking pictures because I had a camera and I could. <laughs> <laughs> It's brilliant. <laughs> That's dope. So that was at the I time. Tell people all the time, people be like, "Yeah, I want to." I ask young people, "What do y'all want to be?" They say, "I want to be a photographer." I said, "Okay, take pictures." Wow. Right. Say, I right. want to be a boxer, punch somebody in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to be a, a, a NFL star. Run. Right. And <laughs> don't ask That's nobody right. permission to do nothing. Just do it and do it well, and, and nobody can stand in your way. Wow. Hey, what, what? Um, real, real quick, quick question, real quick. When you were in the studio with these people, what role were you playing, and what, what, like, what were you doing, and what allowed you to have access to the studios at that time? At the time, I was Paradise. Okay. You know, I was, I was the Swagnificent Mister Paradise, the <laughs> hip -hop New York hip hop concierge. Okay. You know? I, I knew um, everybody. I've been at everywhere you go where hip hop is. I'm there. You wow. know, I know the people at the door to the club. So you go to the club. I get in free. I get VIP. You know, I call the club and tell them I'm coming to the club. I got the fat boys run DMC and Houdini with me. You know, wow. so people wow. will call me like, yo, Dice, what's going on? And I'll, I'll be like, oh, this is happening at the Roxy. This happening at the Fun House. You know, the Palladium, this is going down. So people like Mike Tyson would call me, yo, Dice, where, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? And then Bobby Brown would call, and I would call the club and, and tell them, yo, I'm coming through. I got 20 people with me. You know, yeah. had a red carpet and a VIP ready. You have the bubbly on ice, baby. We coming through the party. Right. <laughs> you know? So what was I doing in the studio? I wasn't doing shit in the studio, but sitting in the corner, shutting up and learning what wow. Larry Smith was doing. Learning what uh you know um, Pumpkin was doing, learning 
what Marley Maul was doing, learning what Curtis Blow was doing, you know what I'm saying, so that I could apply it to the things that I wanted to do in the future. I got to see it, and I'm the kind of dude, if I could see it, I could be it. Right. Let's go. Talk about your, your book that's out, uh, No Half Stepping. Um, where can they get it at and you know what what the book entails? Okay, the my book No Half Stepping is the oral and pictorial history of the Latin Quarter, the incubator of the golden era of hip hop. The book has first hand accounts of events and things that happened in and around the Latin Quarter from people mm -hmm who were there from people who, you know, from different perspectives. So it's not just me telling the story. I tell the story and then the story is corroborated by everyone who had that experience, you know? So it's very different. It doesn't read like a novel, it reads like social media. And it's available on amazon.com for a limited amount of time because I'm shutting off the sales. So whatever's out there is gonna be out there as limited edition. I'm remixing the book and get ready to put it back out differently. So if you want what's out there now, you better get it because it's getting ready to be a collector's item. That's dope. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you because, you know, being part of that whole Black Watch movement and what, what we're hearing on the airwaves nowadays, how important is conscious rap to radio or to hip-hop in general? I would say that consciousness is important to human beings in general whether it's rap or anything else and just because the rap percent of what brother jay said on x plan and 90 something percent of what chuck d and wise intelligence say it go right over people's heads anyway so consciousness is necessary in human beings because you don't only have to be conscious to make those songs. You got to be conscious of what you're living and conscious of what you're hearing so you can even comprehend what you're hearing. Mm. Wow. Hey, talk about the uh, mud. You want to ask about the Earthbound record? Yes, man, please, man. Can you expound on that to the East Blackwoods? era x clan and that earthbound record like what it took like you told me a little bit about the difficulties because to me it's one of my favorite joints and you said pick it up y'all put it down and please please it, that the, song was so mm -hmm. spiritual and so spooky that we didn't know what to do with it that song we picked it up 20 30 times we could not figure it out we, it was wow. hard to synchronize the beats. It was hard to make it work. And we used so many samples on that. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of samples, but there's samples that you can't even barely understand are a part of like a 20 sample chain to create what wow. we created. Wow. You know, and the sampling technology hadn't really matured to the point we needed it to. So a lot of the samples were cuts and it was flown in on the fly and not digital you know it was flown in from vinyl and you know we were creating ways to figure out how to sample because the samples were too long for the memory that the machines had you know uh, and we could 
One second, y'all. Getting deep. Yeah, I think we lost we lost a little bit of a connection there. One moment, please. Right. One moment, please. <laughs> when you get to the earth, wow, we get to the spiritual and the, yeah, you the get to the truth. The, the technology start acting up. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's dope. He said the the technology couldn't keep up with them. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, hey, we're Sean, what's on your shirt, man? Oh, that right there. That's the the elements, man. That's one of the glow in the dark joints. I don't know. Let me see. That should work. It work right glow now. in the dark. Let me see. Hey, All right, hey, brothers, back. We back. Baby, I'm back. All yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, technology is a challenge. Yes. yes. You're yeah. saying the same thing. You didn't have the technology to keep up with the sample. So Earthbound would have sound different if y'all did it today? Like with all it the sample sound, technology? Everything that we did would sound different if we did it today. You know what I'm saying? I just had mm -hmm. the, the pleasure to produce with Brother J, Sugar Staff, and Professor X. You know what I'm saying? We weren't traditional producers and beat makers, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we found a vibe in each other and to produce the X-Clan, it took the rhythm and skills of all four of us to make it happen. That's why there's never been anything that sound like it. And there never will be. You know, uh, at that time, at, when X-Clan came out in the parliament, Detroit could relate to that heavy. Uh, at the same time, um, the uh, the pink Cadillac on the album cover. Um, you know, we identified it with Aretha Franklin before you guys read the pink, the pink Cadillac and the, you know, the whole um, the, the video. It was so big for Detroit. Um, just talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you just said it. It was big for Detroit because yeah. the inspiration for that pink Cadillac was Detroit Red. Mm, yeah. You talking? Yeah. Malik yeah, yeah. Detroit Red, El Hodge El Malik El Shabazz. Yes. Oh wow. Right. He put the pimp in our crown. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the difference in X Clan swag and other conscious groups like Public Enemy. You know what I'm saying? We even though we took ourselves serious, we still kept some humor in it and we tilted our crown to the side. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody, everybody could relate to, to you guys' music. You know, it was just and, it was a good time. And that you know. was the difference. When you went to an X-Clan show, especially in Detroit, you had thug dudes, drug dealers, hustlers, <laughs> the Nation of Islam, a whole bunch of women with thongs and mini skirts on, and a whole bunch of women <laughs> with their head back. Right. <laughs> like, well, damn, where the hell am I? Yeah, we three <laughs> with the black community. We got something for everybody. So what right. you want? What you what you want? Right. Yep. Y'all covered the, the whole spectrum of the black black experience. With that. Yes. Hey, you got a um. I think I heard you got a TV show with Pete Nice. Can't talk about that yet. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I have a TV show with Pete Nice. Ice T okay. and LL Cool J, and that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Tell me something. Would, would you agree, like, uh, 
Scotland Rock's death was like the first major impact, uh, major death impact on hip hop. Like it was um, the first murder in hip hop. The first yeah. time that a popular rapper was murdered was Scott LaRock. Wow. And I still miss that brother. Rest in peace, sir. Wow. You know. Can you, can you give us something that yeah, people don't really know about Scott LaRock? Give us something exclusive, man. I don't know if there's anything new to say about Scott LaRock. You know what I'm saying? Scott LaRock, he was intelligent. He was like an intelligent thug. You know what I'm saying? If you wanted it in the street, you could get it. If you wanted it in the boardroom, it, or if you wanted with a college degree, he could give you that too. Wow. He was a very intelligent dude. He didn't take no shorts. That's why uh, they had, they were the first rap group to have guns and grenades on the cover of their album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was sending a message, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. You know? <laughs> What type of person was James Brown? James Brown? James Brown was the epitome of a rapper. What? James, Brown pulled, Please explain. James Brown pulled more guns on more people than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and Shug Knight put together. Damn. Wow. Wow, I believe James it. Brown used to find the dudes in his band five dollars every time they missed something. Correct. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He was a hardcore lunatic, but it's a thin <laughs> line between a maniac and a genius. Genius. Right. You know, James Brown was a great genius of our time, and yes. hip hop would not have been possible without him. He's the one I that put it on the one. And then uh Bootsy taught George Clinton how to put it on the one, but that came from James Brown. Mm. Correct. You know, you know James Brown your, gave us rap before rap. Yeah, he had the. He how did. many times people people sample Funky Drummer? How, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, not, exactly everything. You know, James Brown was just ridiculous, man. And you know, it's it's so funny. He was a human sampler. You know, he would go in the studio and he would verbally tell the band what to play with his mouth. He would beatbox and he would go dun 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 and different things like that. And they wow. would turn that into music. And he knew exactly what he heard in his head, but he couldn't play it. But he right. knew how to communicate with his band to make what was in his head come out on wax. And the crazy thing about it is that most of the great artists and musicians in his band hated the music that James Brown had them playing. They thought James Brown was out of his mind. Wow. So they didn't believe in the moment, like the movement at that time? It was like, nah, this ain't gonna work, James. Nah. Exactly. Said, whatever, man. James Brown oh, paying good money, man. Just the play whatever you got. And they, and they go in the code, they go wow. in the D, and they didn't believe that, that that was, man. Wow, that's deep. That, that's kind of normal, though. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So James Brown freestyle so many of those studio sessions, you know, he was like the first ODB. He's like, Look, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna rap all night, just record everything and chop it up later. Peace. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know what? I can absolutely see that though. Wow. Now that you say that. <laughs> hey, what's the um 
what do you got to say to the youth nowadays? Because, you know, we talked about Scott LaRock being the first murder in hip-hop, but now it seems like it's almost like commonplace for, for these young kids, you know, that's already in the music business, going out here, you know, doing things. And unfortunately, a lot of them losing their lives. What message would you have out to the youth today? Stop being stupid and letting people play you over some paper that ain't even worth the paper it's printed on. Each. You know what I'm saying? Wake up and basically understand the value of life, not just your life, but other people's lives. I know, you know, people have been hitting people over the head with Black Lives Matter, you know, mm -hmm. but when your life doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what other people say. It's like, if my life matter, why am I always hungry? Why am I broke? Why am I in these situations? You know what I'm saying? We just got to figure out which way is up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because everybody got their directions twisted right now. And they tell you up is down and down is up. And the truth is a lie and the lies are true. You know, this is some twisted things going on. You know, people nowadays will argue with you that the, the earth is flat. You know what I'm saying? Right. There ain't no facts no more. It's only who promotes their propaganda to their fan base and how religious and how stupid your base is to, you know, to follow behind ignorance. Wow. That's I'm sorry to say it that way, but it is what it is. You know, we created hip hop to get out the street. Now yes, people... Sir. Get in the street to get into hip hop because they think it's a better life form. But what's the point if you're dead by the time you're 18 and 19 anyway? Mm. Yeah. Well, when is it going to be? You're going to put a film together on on your life uh, and you know your 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 moments in hip hop. You know, I mean, you you pretty much like a walking uh, encyclopedia, almanac, all that. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, I'm a lucky know. guy, man. I was I was born at the right time. 1964 freedom summer and uh you know my mom moved me my brother and sister to new york city at the right time you know what i'm saying and um we were raised by the city you know the only reason that i have all the knowledge wisdom and understanding that i do is because of the life i lived it was livingism you know it was the great people in my life like grandmaster flowers pete dj jones cc howard the Grand Imperial DJ JC, you know what I'm saying? DJ Playboy and Brother Street. You know, I had amazingly talented, wonderful, and intelligent people around me all my life. Right. And, you know, my community, the Bronxdale Projects and Highbridge, you know, they poured into me. And, mm -hmm. you know, PJ Jones and the other DJs, they showed me how to be a man. And thank right. God I had a big brother and a father in the house. So our moral standards in our house was up to a snuff so that allowed me to survive the negative things about the hood. Right. You know, and because I had a big brother and a father, a lot of things a lot of people did that put them in danger, I wasn't there when people did drive-bys. I'm practicing my DJ skills. I'm not there when 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 people getting murked. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm writing rhymes. You know right. what I'm saying? So every one of my friends that participated in the five elements of hip hop, we all survived to this day. But the parts of my friends from the same hood 
that wasn't into hip hop, like 70% of them is dead. <laughs> That's serious when you do the statistics like that. Right. Right. Same yeah. here. But all my homeboys that I rhyme with and DJ with, they all still alive, healthy, and doing well. Driving candy cars, still living right. a life. You know what I mean? Right. They still get those superstars to this day. They never fell off. They might not have made records and became popular like that, but they became good people and good men. Correct. Right. You you display brotherhood and people skills. You, you know, when you, when you look at the camaraderie on your photos, it's exude brotherhood and just your love, you know, for people. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I see. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, man. I was so lucky, man. And when when I just when I discovered hip hop, or when hip hop discovered me, I became like a Johnny Appleseed, and I just would always go block to block, like Radio Raheem with my big radio. I would show up, <laughs> and and when you see me, you know it was it was on and cracking. Either wow. we was going to dance, or we was going battle rhyming, or we was going to do bang on cars and battle beats. So. Had a highly competitive childhood, you know, full right. of sports and recreation and music. And my community protected us. You know, the elders in my community didn't molest us and, and throw us away like garbage. They taught us how to be grown-ass men. Right. right. And they expected us to be that. Right. And if you took it too far, my hood will put you in your place quick. Mm. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of that missing in hip hop for real. Yeah, yeah. checks and balances. And I yeah. tell you this too I grew up on the street that had pimps, hoes, stick up kids, drug dealers, but the worst, least moral, backstabbing, dirty, and slimy people I've ever met in my life are in the entertainment business. Wow, that's saying a lot, bro. Damn, that's deep. Wow, why do you think the entertainment business would with like is is it is it you say is that is it like common or common, you, normal, mm. regular, the mm. norm, the norm? Yeah, you think the, it's perpetuated? the entertainment and music industry is as American as cherry pie. Mm. You know, in America ruled by capitalism and the dirty kind of capitalism where you get thrown under the bus and stabbed in the back you know what i'm saying for yeah. for, for money you know for fame for women mm. for drugs yeah. you know all the things that are the worst parts of hip-hop are the worst parts of america but it's the it's what stood out at the end of the day beginning of the day they didn't know what to do with hip-hop but by the end of the day america knows what to do with sex, drugs, and violence. Mm -hmm. That rules the day here. Right. So is that why you think like the Tony Montana idol? Because hip hop really, like to me- and Tony I'm Montana more... was stupid. That's why of course. America yes. pumped Tony Montana. Think about it. Every time Tony Montana made a come up, he made a come up because he killed somebody that looked just like him and sounded just like him. Wow. Every time, he killed his brothers. He leveled up. You're right. You right. know what I'm saying? 
And what did he teach people? Who do I love? Me. That's Who do I trust? Me. Hell yeah, Tony. How did that work for you? Because mm, once you smoke your own boy Manolo, you was done. You was yeah. dead. You just ain't fall down yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they want us to be stupid and to, to, to push that powder up our nose and stick needles in our arms to get caught up in that black market of drugs and terror and violence and evil. You know what I'm saying? But that's not who we are. That's not where we're from. And when right. we fantasize and and we accept that, we colonize our own minds. And we start working against each other and ourselves. And we become Nazis' best friend. And mm -hmm. you know, they don't have to do what they did to us during the civil rights movement Ooh. or slavery. We, they got us on autopilot. Yeah. We do it ourselves now. Mm. We do their bidding and their job. Right. Happily, you know, we 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 glad to call ourselves goons. You know, we glad to talk about how we'll smack this and do this and do that to each other. You know, right. we celebrate our own evil toward our own brother and sister. You know, yeah, I'm a thug. I'm a goon. I'm a shooter. Really. Don't I mean, think what, it's supposed to be something good to be? That's crazy. Right. You know? So, it's crazy, yeah. you know, but they, brotherly love is the only thing that's going to save us. You know, period. You know, because only love can conquer hate. You know, Marvin Gaye taught us that. True. Because if you hating on haters, hate plus hate equal more hate. Right. And the real deal is you can't cheat to beat the devil. If you cheat mm. to beat the devil, you're just going to become the new devil. Wow. Uh, you know, Dante's yeah. Inferno, the theory behind that is like, uh, there's a saying, um, when fighting monsters, one must be careful not to become one yourself. Correct. Because right. when you fight a vampire, if you get bit, what happens? You on. You up. If you get scratched <laughs> by a werewolf, what happens? Contagious. Yeah, you Exactly. Wow. Be careful with fighting monsters that you do not become one yourself. Wow. You know, so that's where we got to figure out God is love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we got to figure out that pure love. And first, we got to seek the God inside us. And once we're able to find the God in us, we can enhance that so that we can see the God in other people. Correct. And then we could we could seek the forgiveness that we all need by forgiving those that have trespassed against us. And also forgiving ourselves for our own ignorance and mistakes. Our first, first and most yeah. important love has to be believing and learning how to love yourself. Because if you don't love you, ain't nobody going to do it. That's so right. That's dope. We appreciate your time, man. Um, uh, thank you. I appreciate y'all, too. I just want to say to y'all young people out there, too, that hip-hop is in good hands in your hands. You know, I know a lot of old heads got problems with you, but come on, man. With hindsight being 2020, looking back, man, we were all ignorant. Right. None of us came out perfect. 
You know what I'm saying? If young right. people are ignorant today, well, they learned it from the best because we are the most ignorant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, that's you know, to your, to your young people, that's not an excuse to be ignorant. Correct. But you should want to be more than what you are so that you can survive. You know what I'm saying? Right. You should learn to be more than what you are because the greatest room in the world, the biggest room is room for improvement. I don't care mm. what you do or how good you are at it. You know, you could always do better. You could always be better. When when you think you're at the top of your game and you can't be beat, you already lost. You ain't just, you ain't fall yeah. down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. You know, so don't let negative people talk down on you, even the conscious people. You know, sometimes we real hard on other MCs and stuff, which is cool. Well, I don't hate sucker MCs. I love sucker MCs. <laughs> they I know taste so good. I know a couple. Sucker yeah. MCs taste so good. <laughs> Without sucker MCs, what would real MCs have to eat? Thank God. We stars. <laughs> you know, right you got predators and you got prey. Right. <laughs> yeah, so keep hip hop fun, keep hip hop young. Hip hop was created by children. Hip hop was created by preteens and teenagers. Our wow. elders shunned us. Wow. We did not dress correctly. We couldn't get in the club with what we had. We had right. sneakers on. There was no sneakers allowed in the in the bars and clubs. Right. You know, you needed slippery bottom shoes. A silk shirt and maybe a hat with a feather in it, you know, back in a jacket wow. back in the days to, to, to be a gentleman. And so gentleman is this like club. the disco era we talking? Right. Now it's just disco in the era. Disco era. Yeah. Hip hop is disco. Right. Can you expound on that, please? Because a lot of people like, you know, disco. Can you break down the disco factor of the vibe, what that is? Because when we hear disco, yeah. we think Saturday Night Live or Saturday Night Fever. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Nope. When we nope. think disco in New York, we think not the genre of music, but it was a scene, a place mm -hmm. to be. It was the discotheque that allowed us off the street and, and allowed us to legitimize and make money in this and to create the multi-trillion dollar industry that hip hop is today. But um it's, when we say disco, we're not talking about Studio 54, white girls spinning around in circles high on coke. Right. Yes, energy. <laughs> now, when we think disco, we think one nation under a groove. Right. <laughs> That's our disco. Our disco was more bounce to the ounce. Ah. Our disco was James Brown, George Clinton, Sly and the Family Stone, Earth, Wind & Fire, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson. Luther Vandross, you know, the sound of Philadelphia was our disco. You mm. know, our disco was Rick James, the Mary Jane girls, you know, yeah. Alicia Myers. I want to thank you. You know, that was our DJ. Yeah. Our disco was Good Times. Right. Yeah. Which is why the most popular rap record of all time and the first one to be that was Rapper's Good. Delight featuring Rapper's Good Delight. Times. Right. That was our disco. Wow. I, I think that's what Detroit had in common overall because 
early on with early hip hop, it was such a mix. You can go in our clubs here and you hear such a mix of music. It wasn't like broken down into, oh, this was this music, this was this. It was just all played in one There you one go. Scene. But right. what happened? I we think the industry got a hold of it. Yeah. We start getting programmed. In the beginning of hip hop, Marley Marl, Red Alert, Chuck Chill Out, The Awesome Two, Mr. Magic, they decided what to play. They were the playlist. They knew what the people wanted to hear. They had their pulse on the music. Now, radio is programmed from one location for everywhere in America. Wow. We're not like that, man. We're not one size fit all. We're not mean to have the same taste. You know what I'm saying? Detroit right. is meant to have B12 and Eminem and Five Ella. You know, if you want that flavor, you got to go get that flavor there. You know, LA was meant to have the flavor and the slang that they had. Everybody ain't supposed to sound like that or do that or be that. Mm. Right. You know, it's okay to be different. It's okay for people to add their swag to hip hop because that's what hip hop is. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's got to be ever changing. If it stay the same, it won't be swagnificent. It'd be stagnant. Mm -hmm. Stagnant. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's like out of the biting era into the crunch and munch era. Like, because everybody's biting now based off of what you're saying. Everything is, is every, all these rappers to me know this, but a lot of these youngins, man, even use the same sound effects on their voices. It's very difficult to tell little such and such from baby such and such or exactly. kids them. Hey, hey, and, five, and next, next dude that's going to be a superstar, he going to be little young embryo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he going to get killed by sperm. Oh shit! <laughs> like yo, MC sperm ain't nobody younger than me. So no, I'm MC sperm. Well, I'm MC nut. I'm MC fresh nut. <laughs> MC jism juice. Huh? You know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, I'm God. like, come on. <laughs> but it's all right. You know what I mean? Stay creative. Stay hot. And guess what? Y'all could go off and make different versions of whack-ass hip-hop or whatever y'all want to do. I don't need right. anybody to make another record for me in my life. Mm. I'm good. Whenever mm. I want, I listen to Motown, Stax yeah. Bolt, you know what I mean? Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know? George Benson, you know, I listen to classical music. Yep. So are you saying hip hop Rock needs bomb. a fast brother? Sound like you're saying hip hop needs a fast for a minute. No, hip hop is just fine. People are just too damn lazy. Wow. That was whack ass records back in the day in hip hop. Man, I could yes. I could play a thousand whack ass records from the golden era of hip hop alone. It ain't yep. like motherfuckers wasn't whack. It was that there was such a great choice to choose from that you didn't mm. have to listen to the whack stuff i say to people if, if something come on and you don't like it so what that's why radios got dials that's why remote controls got buttons that's why <laughs> right. we got volume levels 
and we got on off switches. <laughs> right. You ain't gotta like everything. Mick Jagger don't jump up and down and be mad at every new rock variant that comes out. Mick Jagger ain't mad at Marilyn Monroe. Right. right. Why are MCs mad at mumble rappers? What they got to do with you? Right. Keep recording. Right. He's talking about mumble rapping. He ain't mumble rapping. Turn the music off and listen to him talk. That's how he talked. Right. The boys down south got different slang. Sometimes you can't understand a damn word they say when they talking. How you gonna understand them rapping? Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't understand what's being said in a rap record, maybe they not talking to you. Right. Maybe right. you should go mind your business. Go find something that you like and tell us how much you like it and how much you support it, rather than always just starting conversations about what we hate. Right. Mm-hmm. Say that the youth need to get up on X Clan. Y'all Google X Clan, man. The world still need a brother J voice. You know, on the radio. Yes. Bro. Here's something for you. If people try to make excuses that people content is the way it is because they're young. Brother J wrote to the East Blackwoods when he was 17 years old. Mm. Now swallow that's that. Deep. Yeah. You're talking high science at 17, and he said that at 17, so he had to know that way before he was 17. Like that. I attribute I that to not only his incredible brain, but his incredible father. Yeah, I was going to say that. That had a lot to do. You mentioned it earlier because you grew up with a father and an older brother. So we see the difference in the generations now. To be 17 back then and have that type of mind had to do something with your environment and influences you had around you. Yes. What we're seeing now with the young kids now, a lot of them don't have those same influences in their life. So they're not thinking deep like that. Bro, most 30-year-olds can't even say their ABCs without singing it. <laughs> you know, in the in the age of information, when every human being in the world has the greatest encyclopedia in the world in the palm of their hand, with you know, why have people become so damn dumbed down? Because the government wants it so and Someone is manipulating, you know, the puppets. Right. And some people are just so lost in this penile planet that they don't even know how to operate as a human being without the traps of civilization. You know what I'm saying? And this every man for himself mentality that we have adopted is going to be the death of us all. Well, thank you, man. Y'all, y'all, you guys raise a nation, man. Your your voice, your message, man. Your music, you know, your energy. Yes, sir. Well, I'm I'm glad that I've been able to contribute, you know, that the content to the overall diaspora. But um, young people are going to figure it out, and there's going to be greater movements than ours that'll be built on the foundations of what we created, and um. Young people gonna have this thing figured all the way out. And like uh, Bob Marley sang when he sang war, us Africans will win because we know we are right. 
and we know we are righteous. So, you know, keep trying to eliminate us. Yeah, keep putting that pressure on us. Because the more you push pressure on us, the harder we come. The more you turn our carbon into diamond, you know. And if you think you've seen something in the past, you ain't seen nothing yet. One day, a melanated child is going to scream and somewhere somebody's head is going to explode. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. We want to thank you for coming out. This, this is B-Boy Ridge. I'm DJ Porter, man. And y'all make sure y'all check out Paradise Gray and our fire elevator. I know y'all probably thought I was going to talk a lot more about beats and rhymes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I didn't disappoint y'all. Oh, but, no. Uh, you you know what? You cover hip-hop. This is the part of hip-hop we want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank right. you so much. Also, I just want to give respect and love to all your Detroit heads that recognize what X-Clan was before anybody else in the country. Detroit was the first place that X-Clan went number one. Even we were way more popular in Detroit than we were in New York. So I want to thank and love because Detroit was ready for that funk. Detroit yeah. was ready for the funk in lesson. You know, Detroit was ready because their minds was vibrating on such a frequency. And ain't no, it ain't no uh, surprise that the whole five Ella movement, the whole Dylan movement came from there. You know, what up, though? I love y'all. <laughs> we love y'all, right. man. X Clan, Peace brother. Out. Jay, man. Fresh in the flesh. Peace out, y'all. Yeah. All right.